Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast. Good morning. Last week, Bill had to work in Portland, and uh, the work carried on a little bit. Bill's my husband, for those of you who don't know me. Work carried on an extra day that he wasn't planning on, and so as he was driving home, he texted me saying, I have 5% left battery left on my cell phone, so I won't be able to contact you. Well, I had wanted to talk to him. I had something I wanted to say, and more importantly, I wanted to know what did he want for dinner, because I didn't have any ideas whatsoever. So when he got home, I gave him a hug, and I said, aren't you ever going to buy a cable for that car? <laughs> if you would just plug your cell phone in every night like I do, this wouldn't happen. Obviously, I wasn't a cheerleader in high school. <laughs> Life throws us these curves so often, doesn't it? Our culture teaches us to pay attention to where we're not good enough and pay attention to what we need to do better in order to really be effective in life. Everywhere you turn, you see that. And as parents, we feel it's our job to teach our children. And we get very serious about it, don't we? Very serious. I mean, this is serious stuff. You know, if you don't get this right, then life isn't going to work for you. And if life isn't working for you, you're not going to be happy. And if you're not happy, then nothing's going to happen. And oh, what a spiral going in the wrong direction. It's, it's really tiring, isn't it? And I'm not telling you, I think, anything you guys don't already know. But, you know, we tune up our cars every little while to keep them running, um, running well. I think we need a regular cheerleading tune-up. So here it is. <laughs> um, the other thing I do like to do is nag. You don't have to raise your hands. Just wink at me. Anyone here know how to nag? <laughs> and how's that work for you? <laughs> Not so good. After I nag a little bit and I catch myself nagging, then I pay attention to what's going on. And after um, a, a kind of a snappy, not too nice response to my nagging, it goes real silent in the room. Have you ever experienced that silence? <laughs> of course not, Jim. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes silence is so beautiful. But when you are in a silence because you're upset with someone, it doesn't feel so good, does it? Now, here's the thing I want, to pay, want you to notice, all of you naggers out, all of us naggers, <laughs> is guess who's having the worst time at all? The nagger. We're not having fun either. We're just struggling, and we're not using the best tools possible to inspire another person. And we all 
need our love and inspiration, don't we? Especially our families. And when I go up and I see someone from church that I don't know well in, in Costco, which happens a lot. We always go to Costco on Sundays. <laughs> Hi, how are you? And everything's fine. And then I'll turn to my husband five minutes later. Did you remember to get the bananas? You know? <laughs> and so we tend to forget our cheerleading with the people we love the most, don't we? And of course, there's a whole nother level to us. Who do we first forget to cheerlead? Even except, yes, we forget to cheerlead ourselves. We are well programmed from day one of our lives. We have lots of recordings in our head from everything we've heard from other loved ones who didn't know or society saying, you know, chin up, do it right, all those things that we tell ourselves. And when it doesn't go the way we plan, you don't say, oh, that's okay, honey. You go, I blew it again, you know. And, and we don't cheerlead ourselves either. So it's a whole spiral going in the wrong direction. And another thing I'll do is when Bill so does something I don't like, I'm upset about it. I know it won't do any good to say anything, so I just go into judgmental, superior, silence. You know that one, don't you? And even though I, I have prided myself on saying nothing, judgmental silence is very loud, isn't it? We can all hear it. And Bill doesn't respond well to it. Bless his heart. I wouldn't learn a thing if it worked. But again, when you're in that judgmental, superior place, who else isn't having a good time? You. So how are we expected to inspire someone else with different behavior if we're not feeling good? Where's our cheerleader? We need each other to be cheerleaders. Uh, and it doesn't matter whether you're dishing this out or receiving it. Cheerleading works really well. Picture cheerleaders at a high school. They're, they're uh, having, if it's a night high school, they're having dinner with their families and they're going through all their next, their normal stuff. These are usually young girls, right? And, and you know how young girls are. They're very emotional. They're not always in a good mood. And they might have all kinds of emotions and they get to the game and what do they do? They cheer. How do you suppose their mood is after a short time of cheering? They've forgotten all about that other stuff. And now they're in a cheerleading mode, aren't they? The most other important piece of that is, do they just cheer when their team is winning? No. We forget that, don't we, with our loved ones. We cheer for them when it's not going good, too, at a, at a game. We might even cheer extra loud to cheer them on to keep their spirits up. And yet at home, we forget that. Not too long ago, Bill and I are going through some changes where he's, he's retiring from working in Portland. He's working some here now, but we're in flux and change, and so the finances get a little scary sometimes. And uh, Bill is a, he's a brilliant man that can do so many things, but he 
And he doesn't normally worry about money, but this is such a big change that he's, he was feeling bad about money. And thank God I found my inspirational tools right then as I said, honey, I know it doesn't look good right now, but look at who you are. You are someone who attracts everything you want. I mean, we go to Costco. That place is jumping all the time and we find a parking spot right up in front, always. When Bill in the past has quit one job unexpectedly and I would get upset with him, he'd go, oh, not to worry, I'll get another one. And sure enough, he'd have another job the next day. He is very good at attracting what he wants. But he was feeling low, and instead of me joining him, because I was kind of worried about the money too, I went to the cheerleader and I said, that's not who you are. Don't worry about it. This is just small potatoes. It'll pass, and you're going to do great. And he remembered who he was, and he went back to that space of feeling good about himself. Now, who do you suppose attracts the new job? The person that's worried about it? Or the person who goes, yep, I know, I'll get it. Which one attracts the job? Yeah, the second one. So we need each other to remember the truth of who we are. When I'm not at my best operating, when I'm be feeling low and worried and upset or angry and all those things, if someone reminds me the truth of who I am, that helps me lift out of that space. Because when I'm in anger, I think that's who I am. I'm just angry. You know how it, 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 it's like pig pen. You have this cloud of anger around you. <laughs> and you can get really stuck in it. But if someone around you, rather than joining you or being upset with your poor behavior, says, yeah, you know, really, you're great. You're great. You'll come out of this. And doesn't even give advice. How do you like advice? Ooh, another one, yeah. <laughs> advice doesn't go so well either. Now, when we're dealing with children, sometimes we have to give advice, but there are so many ways that we give, give advice that's either easy to hear or easy to not pay attention to. And we all know what those are. When we tell someone how they should do it, you know the old saying of, that's shooting on them. <laughs> so when I give Bill advice, he does the opposite. <laughs> I know this because I do the same. I am very much that way. If someone tells me what I should do, all of a sudden the, other, the exact opposite thing looks so good to me. <laughs> and that's just a natural reaction. So that's our human side, and we all have it. Yes, we are these delightful expressions of the one God, this one power. So we are love, we are light, we are joy, we are all of those things. And we're living the human experience. So that means that none of us doesn't know what some of the, the lower emotions are, resentment, anger, all kinds of emotional upset. We know what that feels like, don't we? And it's hard to pull yourself out when you're in that. But when we have our loved ones cheering us on, how much easier is that? 
Now, I know you all had perfect childhoods, and every time things weren't going in your, well in your life and you did something bad, your, parent, your mother said, oh, no problem, honey, don't worry about it. <laughs> it didn't happen very much, did it? So we are having to, through this spiritual teaching, we're having to know that there is a higher way to operate that reminds us the truth of who we are and brings us back into love, brings us back into joy, brings us back into attracting more in love, more joy, and sharing it with the people we care about. And isn't that what we're all trying to do here? Now, it's hard for me to admit this all to you because there's a little voice in my head that goes, well, you know, Robin, you're a minister. You should be good at all this. You know, you should uh, certainly not want to tell everyone all your foibles and how, how often you don't live in joy. And you know what? Maybe that's true for some ministers, but for me, I know that my message is to share all of that with you so you know that we're all in the same boat. Because how many times are you walking through the store or in society somewhere and you have all this going on behind your eyes, but you're hiding it to the world? So is everybody else. So we forget that we're in it with everyone. Everyone else here is in the human experience. We forget and we feel alone. Victor's song was so beautiful. I asked for a downer song like this to, you know, pain in life. And, and he has just this beautiful wail to his voice that touches on, yeah, pain in life. We all know what that feels like, don't we? And we forget that other people are feeling it too because they've got their smile pasted on their face. Now, that sounds negative. It isn't. Our culture taught us that. And our culture to, taught us to try to lift up even if you're not feeling it. And I respect that. It's a step. It's not the final step, but it is a step. But never forget that other people are feeling all those things too. We're not in this alone. We're in it together. And when we acknowledge that and admit it and love people through it and say, yeah, 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 I know you're feeling angry right now. And even if I say nothing, if I look at you with the eyes of love and in my inner spirit, I know that who you are is love, no matter what you're experiencing at the moment, you literally cannot stay in anger. How many of you were at my workshop, my energy workshop, where we played with this? Yeah. Uh, we did a little experiment where we put two people beside, uh, broke, broke up in two groups of two. And one person was supposed to talk about something that bothered them and just talk for a while. The other person was silently first supposed to be with a problem, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. And then silently, without changing um, their facial expression, silently at some point was supposed to switch and go to, they are so fabulous. And on the inside, see that there's so much more than they're feeling right now. And every single time, they ran out of things to say. They had nothing more to complain about because they got it. Our energy expressed to them they were more. And they literally couldn't stay where they were. 
we get to be those cheerleaders. We get to remind people, even silently by loving them, who they really are. Because uh, communication is a very small, per I don't remember, I think it's 7% the words we use. A big percent on our expressions and our tonality. But what the books don't say is how much our communication is about our energy. And that is even bigger than all of them put together. So when you're off with your spouse or your, your friend or, um, you know, the friends you know well enough to, eat, to be upset with while you're in their presence, not the, not the nice friends who you can be nice while you're with them and later on you grumble. <laughs> but when you're off with people that you love, step into that. And the last piece is, when I'm in anger, resentment, judgment, the last thing I'm doing is having fun. Well, my playful part is my most loved part of myself. I love it when I'm feeling playful. And it's the one thing I cannot reach when I'm feeling any of those things. So when I find my playful self, then I share it with everyone else. And isn't it delightful, if, even if you have a tough job or a tough thought in your mind, if you can join it with play, how much more delightful your experience is right now at that time? And, you know, I mean, there are certain things that you, you can't be playful about. Um, my mentor always says, life is very serious. It is way too serious to take seriously. <laughs> so even serious subjects, if we bring the spirit of play in there, because play allows for lots of mistakes, don't they? Children are so great at play, and they know they don't have to be perfect at it at all. They just make it up from there if, if things don't go, and they just go another direction, and it's so powerful. It's so beautiful. That's the peace we all want to retain our, for our whole lives is that childlike love of play. And I know you all have it in you with me because I've gotten in that spirit of play with more than one of you. And it's just fun, isn't it? And if we're able to pass fun on, guess who else is having fun? We are. We are. And if two or more are gathered, there is God. If two or more are playing, how great is that to pass on to society? How great is that to emanate around us and grow a spirit of play? All these transition teams, you know what's so great about these teams is they're doing good work, and they're working hard on creating things. But some, something magical happens with a spiritual community such as unity. When we gather together even to do work that might be tough, the spirit of love comes in, and then after the spirit of love comes the spirit of play. And then everyone's having a great time, even doing tough things. That's what I love about our spiritual community. They remind us how to live life when all the times we forget. We get a tune-up when we come here. And we get a much larger tune-up when we get involved outside of just coming to church. This is a great tune-up 
And it's a whole nother level when we're involved with people in spirit groups, in classes, in teams, in all kinds of ways of contributing, because then that's when the real huge spiritual tune-up needs. And for those of you who are parents, nobody needs this more than your children. Boy, do we all need it. One of my uh, favorite books, uh, written by Adele Faber, Faber, she's actually uh, written more than one. I love them all. Um, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. The biggest message in her book is to be playful. Let's have fun with life. Let's give the children a fantasy what we can't give them in, in real life. One of the little cartoons in the book is uh, they're riding in the car and one of the kids is whiny, going, Mommy, I'm thirsty. And they're in